we could, I could start. And welcome to another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I like how traditionally Steve's like, Steve? <laughs> Steve plus me. Ah, okay. We good? Welcome to an episode of uh, Hi and welcome to another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host Tom and with me as always are Dan, Ward, Steve, and Mike. Okay, awesome. Excellent. So <laughs> I'm uh, keeping to my question mark opening. Yeah. I'm never sure if I'm actually Steve, so I gotta keep that going. <laughs> Who is no. it that also said they were Steve? Was that, that was you? Was it me? You yeah. did oh, once, wow. I did one. Shit. Existential crisis. It's okay. <laughs> but right. Yeah, it was. Never mind. I wasn't having one, you were. No, you were. Yeah, that's fair. You were. Okay, so, let's just get into, uh, right into it. So, what have we been working on, guys? Oh, wait, before we start that, <clears throat> I was uh, perhaps listening to last week's podcast and noticed the very poor turnout everybody did. Yeah, I'm looking at all of you right now. Oh, for what we were working on. <laughs> what you were we working on and what you got done. You're going to hate me more today. <laughs> hey, it's summer, baby. Listen Shame up. on you. This is Hobby <laughs> Night in Canada, not Couch Night in Canada. <laughs> Well, I'm sitting in a chair, not a couch. Hey, you know what, though? it's We didn't make the postseason. You did, apparently. So you got to still keep playing. We're all you're, golfing. You're, yeah, you're in the Yeah, we are all golfing. <laughs> you will be the Blackhawks to our... Mm, Oilers? Say Minnesota Wild. You know what? Let's go with Oilers. Because they weren't making the playoffs. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Speaking of... I feel like Buffalo right now, though. Not making the playoffs... I will start this as I have done nothing. The closest thing to hobbying is we played a game. Me and Mike. Uh, and I've been working on the transmission on my car all the last three weeks, I feel like. I almost thought you were going to say the railway all the live long day. I will. No, that was you. <laughs> that's, that's you, you though. <laughs> In reality, that's actually you. That's true. Okay, what have you been working on? Uh, the I, railroad. The railroad, for one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know that. We all and know that. And then uh, I've also been working on my TIE Fighters as the reverse color scheme. And I've actually played a lot of games in the last two weeks, so yeah, nice. That's what I've done. Dan, I played a game with Ward. Yeah, Woo-hoo. man. So I, has anybody here touched a paint br- Ward? Hey, hey, I bought some new primers yes, and right. some balsa wood to make bases, I, and thought about painting. I varnished the models before our game. That totally counts. Well, Holy we're going shit. with that. Shame on all of you. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. If we're going on bottle primer, Sorry, I'm ahead of you. I actually primed some models. But I bought, I bought white and gray primer. I primed gray. But see, saying we're on the same level. Yeah. The thing, <laughs> the thing I, that I you're not appreciating is that the models that I varnished, I painted in approximately 2002. <laughs> Which ones? Salamanders. Oh, shit. Wait, why did you var- you know, none of them skip it. It's the only ones that I had varnished previously. Were Did the they models. not make varnish in 2002? Is that the issue? Well, no, but it was no. shitty purity seal. It's because Dan realized after that he's like, oh, salamanders are not like white skinned. And then he, because I was like, why is your standard bearer like with this skin tone? And because like, they weren't black back then. Oh, uh, well, I know. Actually, so slowly going back through. Every now and then faces. I go back and repaint a few faces. Also, anybody that isn't. So you telling me your salamanders are blackface? <laughs> I, I want to make the show polish line for all sunny, but I really shouldn't. <laughs> if you haven't seen the episode of Black Exploitation, Sunny in Philadelphia, 
watch it and then it won't seem so racist. Yeah, we're making Mike cry and we're not even trying. Um, well, because we have. But yes, tried. I do want to say on the since you there's really, two Salamanders really players here. If you played Salamanders back in 2000 ish, they did not have the the Nocturnian uh, mutation where they all had like onyx skin. They were just regular dudes. That was the Armageddon Codex that came out that made them like oh, not. And Armageddon black, was like, like 2002, 2002, somewhere around there, somewhere around there. Yeah, Tushan was uh, early two thousands. Yeah, I read that with Yark and Gr- Yark. Seriously, the funnest campaign I've ever played, and I don't know why. Maybe that was because I was thirteen. <laughs> yep, rose colored glasses for sure. Everything was sweet when we didn't know any better. All right, so that's us, Mike. How about you? Okay, yeah, carry carry us through the carry finish the line. Carry the torch. You guys just wow. I... It's and I was like hobby night in Mike's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got a bunch of Armada stuff done. I painted up a capital ship. I painted up a lot of squadrons. Nice. They're all done. Uh, Firestorm Armada? No, no. Star Wars Armada. Oh, the good one. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and Spoilers. I got... Spoilers. lame. <laughs> I painted up half of... Well, actually, no. All of the Eugene I have right now are half painted. But they're all... When they're all done... They're all done. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> you got nowheres right now. <laughs> Just stay in your corner. And be quiet. Um, so this is your second Infinity faction. Yes. Yep. Okay. The second and Pano then I and and well, pardon me. What you got the Panos? I got Panos. My first one. And Yuching. Yuching is the uh, other one. Remember Yuching. Yuching. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Not with the J. With the CH. Yes. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and I also have some uh, Aleph. As well, but I haven't started them up. Is it Alf or Alif? You know what? Alf. No, Alf is a faction, and uh, <laughs> if you if you drop no, Tom e. is salivating right now. Okay, no, like, no, no, Tom, like seriously, Tom, like there's drop- a faction from Melmac. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It's a super intelligent AI, and there's some weird fuzzy robots. Let's call them. Fast Do they cats. eat the cats? You sure. Say that they. Eat yeah, cats, you know what? Sir. He befriends the cats eventually. Eventually. Yeah. You know what, Tom? You should play Aleph and just drop the E and call them Alf. You do realize that most of my miniature gaming bags have either like an Alf keychain or Alf pack. Yeah, so play Alf. I'm good with that. I wouldn't be surprised if you have Alf underwear. Don't! Don't. Mike, what else did you work on? Don't, don't, don't keep the pants on. (laughs) All right, what else? Is that what you thought you'd have to say today in the podcast? Like, Tom, keep your pants on. (laughs) You know what? I never know what's going to happen in these podcasts. Things get out of control. (laughs) <laughs> and I got a bunch of Malifo stuff started. What? I, yeah. What are you working on? Uh, the Gates Guild off, Riflemen, your the pants Guild on. Guard, uh, the Executioners, the Lone Marshal, and a couple more. I guess. Does that mean we're going to play some more Malifo? Not if you don't do some hobby, sir. Hey, Brewmaster's coming no, up. No, 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 no. Until you do some hobby, you can't even talk to me right now. I'm so I can't even look at you. If I paint another crew from Alpha, will we play? Yes. Okay, done. <laughs> After lock and load. All right. Spoiler alerts: I did not finish my model. <laughs> <laughs> Additional spoiler: I didn't even start it. <laughs> oh, Tom, that's oh, that's brutal. Yeah, you knew it was coming. Everybody here knew it was coming. No, I for one am shocked. You know what? If Ward or Dan, had not, no, I'm going to throw you guys under the bus. If you guys had not finished the model, <laughs> I'd have been like, oh yeah, okay, that's fair. Tom, I thought you would have some gumption and finish that shit. Uh, it's been okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. It's things. Tom would have mentioned it in what have we been working on? Had he worked on the model? Yeah, 
I bought primer and. So we should rename okay, this. You know, let's, let's start right now. Segment. Buying primer. What did Mike do? Hobby. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're gonna rename this segment. What did we not work on, and what did Mike do? <laughs> what did we think about possibly working on in the future? Oh, I had all the designs in my mind to go finish up the gold trim on my knights. Did not even take one out of the case. You didn't even. You didn't buff them. I, I rubbed and buffed. I rubbed and buffed hard on them, as everybody knows. Uh, speaking of which. Anybody that's listening and is confused by what rub and buff is, you should maybe look at rub and buff painting supplies because it's actually a thing. It's not some sort or of war. What episode could they check out? Masturbatory term. Oh, we talked uh, probably episode three or four because he talks about the knights in those ones uh, when he plays against your Necrons and Dark Eldar. Yeah, I wanted to just deepen up some of the crevices and make them a little <laughs> bit darker. Wow. Uh, but that's about it. <laughs> well, I'm going back through the episodes, baby. You better believe it. Anyway, next, I guess, would be... Shut up and take my money! Woohoo! So I'll start this one, because right. I'm actually really excited about it. They announced, and by they, I mean Privateer Press... Not uh, like the government or something like that? You know, the man when it comes they're to... They're watching Shady, your parents? Yeah. yeah right. uh, but anyways, they've got a licensing agreement with Broken Egg Games, who make basically army display trays... And they now have officially licensed ones through Privateer Press, which are going to be on sale at Lock and Load, and I'm going to buy the shit out of one of those. All right. Neato gang. All up in that face of Broken Egg. They're actually really great, because they're the ones where they have <laughs> uh, a bunch of the variably drilled out holes. So you've got a space for two Colossals, a bunch of tw- uh, 30 mil bases, some 40 mil bases, and so some of the 40s will have 30s inside, some of the 50s will have 40s inside, so you can put different models in different layers, right? There's nothing I love more than variable drawing. <laughs> you, I mean, there was that time that you wanted to be an oil worker. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Dan. And they're classy in black. All right, can't argue with that. Um, I don't so. see color. <laughs> anyway, moving right on. Uh, what I was looking at for Shut Up and Take My Money is they're not new, but um, I recently found somebody posted pictures of some of the old lines of bases that I was um, looking for for AVP models way back in the day. So it is uh, Fenris Games, and they've got a whole bunch of different uh, ones. It's not up on screen, Ward. I feel like that's a trademark infringement waiting to happen on GW's part, but continue. Well, I'm pretty sure that's just from like Viking mythology. And I stuff, hope so. Isn't it? Yeah, but it is. Yeah, so. but to be fair, I remember back when they I sued to... over Space Marine. No, no. I remember when I was back when I was working for the company, and I tried to register our game club at the time of Rhino Doors with the community HR representative at head office, and he said we cannot sponsor that because it's one of our trademarks. I was like, what? Rhino? Rhino? Or Rhino Doors? Because they sell Rhino Doors. Really? Yeah. If you looked at the... And they've kind of eased up a little bit, but it used to be in the front of every codex. Yeah, they had Every term huge, in the codex had a trademark. Mm, rhino tank, yes. Okay. Mm, mm, Fenris, maybe a thing. I don't know. I think... But anyway. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, they do have, they do have like tons of different lines of bases, everything from like tavern floors and like dwarven, you know, stonework and stuff. But they also have a couple, like uh, the Ark and the Sulaco... They have a Sulaco that has, um, like, a bunch of infestation, like, alien resinous crap growing on it and stuff like that. Anybody that's not a super huge nerd, Sulaco's a ship in the second one? Maybe. It might be, a, like, one letter changed from the actual name or something, as is often I the think, case with these. I yeah. think that was the military, yeah, ship in, the, yeah. in Aliens. Yeah, but, that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, so those will work out quite nicely to have some bases. And they also have some Aztec-themed ones, in case I use some of my ex- extra predators to do, like... 
the AVP terrible movie with like the weird temple? No, that wasn't terrible. That was in Antarctica where they drag it to the bottom of the ocean. The end. Because it's really weird. <laughs> and she gets burnt by the face hugger claw. Such a bad movie. Such and that's when the like half alien, half predator. Spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler. Okay. <laughs> the movie's like ten years old. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this yet, don't, bad, and we'll bad. tell you how it ends. <laughs> too bad. Although there is a predator-alien hybrid in AVP. That's true. Totally got one. So That's true. Do they have bases like the H.R. Geiger kind of style? Yeah, there's... underneath the... I don't know if there's any that are like full-on, like the alien crap growing out of the walls, but they're, they do have oh. one line that has... The, like the flight deck, you know, with metal grating and plates and stuff like that that has some of those little alien growths and stuff spreading uh, across the floor. That is so sweet. Because nobody has nobody has done that style of base that actually looks good. There's a ton of secret weapon bases that have that exact same sort of alien infestation, and I they look tacky. There were some of their earlier baselines, I believe, where they've gotten a lot better over time. So, yeah, That's the secret good. weapon ones weren't as good as I remembered them being, but these Fenris game ones... I think I'm going to try picking up. They probably nice. won't be as meticulously, you know, perfectionist in their casting quality as Secret Weapon, but they're they cheaper. Cheap. But they're they're a lot cheaper. They look like they're around right around that dollar a base um, point. Which the is, nice thing about even that, for some though, of the larger bases like the 40s and 50s and stuff, they still look cheap. The nice thing about tentacle bases is if you're a little bit wavy or poorly cast, a little bit of liquid green stuff, you're good to go. <laughs> or just smather it in some of that like clear, clear red, clear and, red smoke. and smoke, and yeah. just have blood spatters everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you can get away with a lot with these bases. So uh, I'm really, quite looking forward to it. They, I want to see how they turn out because if they're really that sort of industrial alien infestation thing that looks decent, I would pick some up for my tyrants because instead of making those bases and suffering, I would not I'd rather just buy them. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So I'm definitely going to be looking at uh, putting an order from them in at some point soon. Cool. Let us know. And that's me. Weirdo. Are we on to me? Okay. Uh, my, shut up and take my money goes to the Wet Coast GT. Oh, I might have to change mine. I registered and I will be playing X-Wing at the beginning of July in Vancouver. Well, I, Surrey? Surrey? Burnaby? I don't know. I'm just the flying GT, there. GTV. I'm going. That's all. That's all I know. The GTV. So. The GTV. The Greater Toronto Vancouver? Oh, yeah. No, no. The, the GVA. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto? I've been playing a lot of Grand Theft Auto, so that could be a part of it. GVA. Yeah, so... That sounds way too similar to DVDA, (laughs) to be honest with you. Mm, Google it. (laughs) No, don't do it. Trust me, people. Don't. uh, No, no, DVDA is just a band. It's okay. Okay, no, don't listen to them. Google it. Save search off. <laughs> I'm feeling lucky image search. So I bought I bought my ticket to the White Coast GT for X Wing, uh, and now I have to buy my plane ticket this weekend. So yes, that is what my money went to. What weekend is that again? July third, fourth. Uh, I can't the remember. So weekend, I'm free. If I'm free, I'm going. I'm I think you said you were free, and then you. I think I'm going. Yeah. Okay. So that might be my shut up and take my money after I talk to my wife and get permission <laughs> from. Well, yeah, I can talk to... yeah. All right, shut up I'll and talk. convince my wife to let me spend some money. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's... Well, this is still going to be shut up and take my money, because I'm probably going to play my knights out there if I go, so I'll need the knight codex, which is my shut up and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> it works. <laughs> it's full circle for you. Yeah, I came full circle. So that's it. I'm actually not so excited about the rule set, because there's probably not a lot in there that hasn't been leaked online. The, the relics look cool. The formations look cool. Um... They didn't invalidate the adamantine lance, so I think that's dumb because it's a broken formation. I'll still play it if I bring it to a tournament because 
hey. Why not? Exactly. But uh, if it's like any other GW codex for the last little bit, it's going to be absolutely gorgeous. So I'm excited about that. If the rules suck, wait another six months. That's all I got to say. Fuck, I know, hey. All right. <laughs> it's okay. I spent $500 on nights. I'm good. <laughs> you can spend 80 bucks a year on a book. Yeah, that uh, doesn't seem so bad in comparison, doesn't it, now? No. It's still yeah, stupid. It yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, you're up. Uh, let's see, I'm good in my... I should up and take my money today, this week. It could be today, though. Uh, <laughs> is, still is, is, is Message honestly, Mike for I, tomorrow. <laughs> I want to get... Uh, I want to fill out my uh, JSA for Infinity, and... Um, what does JSA stand for? Uh, <gasps> Japanese Sectorial Army. Thank you. Do so you we learned something, me and Mike. Well, Mike learned something and then told me about it. Sectorial armies Infinity are awesome. Yeah. Get a few special rules. So if you play a particular themed force, like for us, Baikunin or Corregidor. Yes. Or for What's you. What's my monkey's theme? I don't know. Monkeys? Morat. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's more. It, it, well, they are Morat. That's yeah, the okay. race, but. I don't know. I actually honestly there, don't know enough be, about this. I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. Somebody that's are. really into Infinity and listening to this is probably upset right now that we don't know, but couldn't we're, tell you what We're this getting is. into it. We're we're just into I know, it. but I'm not going to tell you. Do you? No, he has no, no idea. I, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. You know random shit about all kinds of stuff. Okay. More importantly, though, your stuff is really cool because JSA stands for? Japanese Sectorial Army. We already did this. We already did that. Yeah, yeah. But they're ninjas. Oh, yeah. That's the, what I want to get is the ninjas, actually. Oh, cool. Why do you want to buy ninjas, Mike? Because they have T.O. camel, and they have stealth, and they can sneak up behind you and kick the shit out of you. Why else do you want to buy ninjas? How did you learn this? Oh, Bosco. (laughs) Steve Bosco kicked the living shit out of me (laughs) and showed me how to play the game with ninjas and hackers, and oh my god, that area glorious. So now Mike's addicted Yeah, he wants to buy ninjas. I want to buy ninjas. And I also want to get some of the new Malifaux stuff that's coming out, the Peacemaker. I hate the, that model so much. It's I such want a dick. it because I couldn't get the other one. Oh, it's such a dick. It's like hard to wound, armor plus 20. Blah, blah, okay, no, no. blah. The rules are blah, stupid. Blah, Is the blah, model nice? Oh, it's gorgeous. There right, we go. Yeah. Cool. I'm in. There we are. Not and that, that's just it. Right, no, but I like it. If it's a good model, who cares? No, I great. play 40k. The rules are pretty shitty. <laughs> I like the models, okay? <laughs> I don't really understand this. <laughs> Okay. But that's it for me. Alrighty. First uh, period. Right, okay. So what we're going to do today is uh, talk a little bit about War Machine, and we're going to talk about my faction, which is Mercenaries. So... It's true, we are. We yeah, are gonna talk that's, about it's it. happening right now. So, <laughs> so Tom's going to go on a Shakespearean monologue right here. Nobody else is going <laughs> to... Yeah, well, have a huge amount to offer. <laughs> okay, so it's going to start off, I'm going to get a little bit of a backstory about the Mercs, and then you guys can ask me some questions about Ooh. it. And we can hopefully have you guys, who I'm looking at, ask some questions, which will give staring directly you at guys, as in the people listening to this podcast, a little bit more information about mercenaries and how they fit into the War Machine universe. Cool, I'm excited for story time, because I actually have no idea about mercs. So, the basic backstory behind the mercs is that they are the ragtag... Sorry, this is really hard, because there's not really one unifying thing for mercenaries. Whereas most that factions... Sense. They work for money? Yeah, there's that. But not all of them. <laughs> This is where it gets really weird. <laughs> so, the thing about mercenaries is much like Dogs of War in, like, 6th Ed or 5th Ed fantasies, they're kind of the catch-all group. So there isn't one mercenary. So if you play mercenaries, you can't just take any model available as a mercenary player. You actually are restricted to what's called contracts. So some contracts will be specifically dwarves or pirates. There's two that are a little bit more catch-all, the Four Star Syndicate and the Highborn Covenant. 
the Highborn Covenants, kind of all of the... They sound fancy. Yeah. The four-star the- syndicates sound sweet, actually. <laughs> the four-star syndicates actually based around... There's a nation of, called Ord, which is a very yep. small nation, but yep. it's really... It's ruled by these gangster overlords. I like the four-star syndicates. So it's... Yeah. And so they have access to things like the Kiazi Assassins... And models that'll work for Kador, Kador or Crix or Menoth will work for the four-star syndicate. Uh, whereas Highborn is more the Laelese oriented, so that's just a small nation between Kador and Signar that was eventually occupied by Kador. And so it is the... Fuck you, Ward. <laughs> <laughs> I will beat your ass with Ashlyn. Ward plays Kador, I'm assuming. Yes, he does. Yeah. Okay, cool. But it's more apt to say that I collect Kador. <laughs> yes, it's fair. <laughs> I think Mike's played more games than he has. What? Really? Get the fuck out. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, maybe. I, we'll I, say that maybe. Year. Anyways, so... Uh, okay. Whereas they are more... Any models that can be used by Signar will fit into the Highborn Covenant. Now, a lot of different models and mercenaries will work for various factions. So, for example, the Steelheads will fit in any of those, either one of those two main groups. Oh, fuck, there's also the Puppet Masters for the the Cephalix now. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Dark Eldar homunculi. Yeah. Well, they're basically just very spiny, cerebral, evil scientists that live underneath the ground and take people as slaves and turn them into drudges. So, the homunculi. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, word for word. <laughs> Instead of the space sewers of the webway, they just live in the regular sewers. <laughs> yeah. Of Emirin. No, they actually live in the regular sewers in Kamora, too. Ooh. The regular sewers. They yeah. They just happen to be in the webway space sewers in a city. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, either sure. way. So, the, sewers. Really, the really neat thing about mercenaries, and the reason they appeal to me, is from a modeling standpoint, if I get bored of painting steelheads or pirates or dwarves or elves yeah. or trolls... I can just rotate through and, and find a bunch of different models to work on. Uh, I can totally so, see that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and the other thing, too, is that because there's such a disparate um, faction in terms of all the different models that you have, um, you I get these really interesting play styles with them, too, uh, which might be getting a little bit ahead of the boat in terms of the conversation about them, but they, they do so many different things, and oftentimes it's not that they have any one model that's really good. The weird thing, game balance for mercenaries, is that they have to be balanced to be taken in other factions, so individually, none of them are really that amazing. But what ends up happening is you get these really cool synergies when you're using all of them together. That you wouldn't get in their normal parent armies kind of thing? Yeah. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. Uh, I want to go back to the painting different models. I think that is probably the coolest thing about mercenaries, uh, that you will probably not get burnt out on painting mercenaries, I feel like. It's really hard to, because, you know, as it stands right now, the projects that I'm kind of getting into are more of the steelheads, which I haven't really painted yet. That's cool. Have you painted any Cephalax either? No, but there's a new uh, caster coming out right away. So, which means I'll have two casters for Cephalax. Gotcha. That's right. They're kind of limited right now. Yeah, it's Cognifex Siphon. Siphon so sounds pretty sweet. I'm guessing he siphons people's brains or something cool like that. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I hope so. Focus. <laughs> well, because I've got the unit of uh, Gobber Drudges from Last Lock and Load, which is basically like little goblins that are done up as drudges. So I'm looking forward to working on them, and now that they've got the two casters, it'll be a lot more viable to get into Cephalix as kind of a nice. more sub-faction. Cool. So if you're playing Mercenaries, and you've got all these really... So Cephalax, say it, because Cephalax honestly probably drew my attention a little more than some of the other ones, because that's because really? like Dark Eldar. Really? They remind Didn't me of Grotesques and Rax. Uh, <laughs> if you want to play them, do you have to play just that subcontract, or can you mix Cephalax with all the other mercs? Is there, like... 
you can do whatever you want with mercs, or like, or is there very specific ways? Yeah, to so them? we should probably take a step back. So when sure. you're playing in most tournaments, you get two lists. Yep. And in most conventional settings, you have the option of basically any models from the faction. Given character restrictions, you can't take a character in both lists. Yep. Um, but they're all just going to be part of that parent army. In mercenaries, you can you have to take a contract for each of those lists, but it can be any contract. So if I'm playing in a tournament, I could have a Cephalix list and a Pirate list. Wow. But there's not a lot of overlap between those models. That sounds incredibly good. Is that the case? Like, Do you um, have the ability to really tailor for meta shifts, that kind of thing? Well, the reality is that Mercenaries are only now kind of coming into the conversation for a more competitive army because their Colossus oh. are really good. But they don't have the same level of win buttons that a lot of the, the main factions do. Just so, because their combos aren't specifically built like as as the, obvious in some yeah, ways. Exactly. Right? They're not okay. quite as obvious, and you do have to put do a little bit more work to get all the use out of your models. Gotcha, makes sense. Not to say that they're a lower tier army, because you know, I do relatively well with them. Um Bri- but, bribing opponents and such, so Yeah, and you know, yeah. Tom's not above, you know, punching out his opponents. No, I, I'm more <laughs> about like dick flicking than anything else. Oh that's, like <laughs> it's the repetitive nuisance more that's than the immediate unnerving pain. as fuck too, so you know especially if your opponent does that right off the bat. The, you, you, and you know. there we go, we classed it way up. <laughs> I'm just saying, everybody's been the victim of a little bit of dick flicking at a tournament, right? Yeah. Like, like, is it just me? <laughs> I think it's just you. Classy oh, as fuck. Again. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, no, but one of the things that you can do with Cephalix, they have a um, solo called a Dominator, which works as a unit attachment that you can take a non-Cephalix unit in your Cephalix army. And they actually get some buffs for being there. Oh. They get advanced deployment and tough. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So you could take some of your, your uh, dwarves in a Cephalix I could take army. a unit of Hammer Dwarves in a Cephalix army, or Nis Hunters, or Pirates, or whatever. Would there be a ton of good combos out of that? Like, is there a lot of ability to um, make that work, or is that just sort of a novelty thing? Uh, it depends on the unit. Some are totally shit. Other ones are great. So, Exelon Thexus has his feat is the ability to reorient enemy models in his control range, so you can change their facing, you can oh, good. Uh, move them up to three inches, yeah. uh, and then you get a unit like Crow's Cutthroats, which are typically overpriced and under good, because they've got a really <laughs> low rat, but they've got an ability um, where when they are shooting models from their back arc, they get additional damage dice. So oh. all of a sudden, it, you also get the plus two to hit if you're starting in their back arc for shooting. So it takes their rat five and makes it effectively rat seven, and they get their effectively ranged weapon masters. So that makes sense. So they're better shooting it behind them. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so that's, you that's really, different. You can really shift some of the subpar units in a mercenary's army into something that might not be garbage because there's just things you normally wouldn't see. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Hmm. Um, so you mentioned a whole bunch of different contracts. Uh, could you give us like a brief breakdown of like the play style of um, that they favor essentially? Because Kador heavy jacks, that's that's what they favor. Like typically brute strength. Um, for an example, like the four star syndicate, what do what's their kind uh, of can you, even, you know, can you even quantify that with the ability to mix and match so much? So I think like, you, you kind of can. Yeah. Um, if you're talking about the Italian charter, which is the pirates, unfortunately, you're really only talking about Shay because most of the other ones function better with more of the solos available in four star and highborn. But Shay, you talk about his tier list, where he takes all the pirate solos are one point instead of two points. So we're probably talking to a maybe somewhat of a newer or noobish group for some of the people listening to War Machine. Tier armies are uh, you basically get a bonus for taking a theme. 
Yeah, and so it restricts the models that you can take, but there's typically an advantage for doing yeah. so. Yeah. Now, Shay can only be taken in Talion Charter, but he's more or less got access to all of the models from Talion Charter uh, in his tier list, except for mm. Dougal, the Master Gunner, who kind of helps buff ranged, uh, ranged jacks and that kind of thing. Yep. And um, Gaston Cross. So you lose those two models, but you save basically five points for taking all of the basic solos. And Shay's shtick is that he's going to alpha strike you. So he has a spell that gives friendly models and units within range extra range to charging. His feet um, allows all models in his battle group to do a three-inch move. Or not, not his battle group, but all within 12 inches. Okay, gotcha. And then the pirates get advanced deploy and pathfinder in first turn. And they really fast, low armor, moderate defense, yeah. decent damage output, and it's just all about the alpha strike. So it's a Zerg rush. Yeah, I was except with bandanas. It's very, very similar hands. to like taking a white scar's <laughs> con army. Like you get the ability to advance deploy, and you got those bikes that are going to face turn one, just to, due to army bonuses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the dwarves are the exact opposite, where they are really slow with high armor and low defense. Um, they hit pretty hard, but the problem with Seer Forge Commission again is that you do have fewer options because you're just able to take the Rulik models. So it's just the dwarves and the ogre, and there's only two. There's the Two Ogren solos, and then the one unit of Ogren infantry that are kind of mediocre. Um, but because the army is so slow, it's really hard to get up into zones for scenario play. Oh, so what they do to offset that is that you get plus four inches to deployment zone mm. as a Seer Forge player. Oh, that makes sense. It's so cool. I honestly got into mercenaries playing Seer Forge, and they are a lot of fun, but they are really slow. And because you're just taking the Ruluk models, a lot of the really fun solos that really turn a lot of the mercenary models on, you don't get access to. That's a really cool rule. I like that idea of that 4-inch deploy, though, for armies that um, need to be in combat but are slow and tough and awesome, if that makes yeah. sense. Because you know how much better a Carnifex would be if you could deploy him 6 inches closer to the enemy and cut out one turn of movement? Holy crap. There's a reason why Scout's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then when it comes to 4-star and Highborn, it's more caster-dependent for what the army's going to look like than it is anything else. Because okay. certain casters are going to have synergies with different units yeah, and, and models, more so than the contracts will. The biggest difference is that in 4-star, you get access to the Kazi Assassins, who are very high defense, really good melee, have stealth models out of Kador. Yeah, um, but that's pretty that's pretty standard for a lot of War Machine, I feel like, where the caster is more important to the army than the actual army yeah. itself. And then in the Highborn, you have access to either unit of Long Gunners from Signar or Gun Mages. Which, um, Gun Mages are really cool, because they're a shooting unit that, um, if you give them the UA, have true sights. They get to ignore things like stealth and clouds and cover, um, and they have lots of cool shooting shenanigans, but they're a little more expensive. They're six points for six instead of, I think it's ten point. Or I guess it'd be eight points with the UA for seven models, whereas the long gunners are nine points for ten of them. So they they don't do quite as much direct damage, but the the models that they have have a little bit more. They've got different ammo types, so they can push models or or these kinds of things kind of get around various other things. So, yeah, and hopefully we'll be able to cover like different like casters and and. The Synergies with them late in the and be, later episode. Because they ignore stealth, I like to take them in a Crix build or an anti Crix build because I can target out the Sea Hag and eat a Satixis and then they're they're no longer immune to blast damage. These uh, kinds of things. Okay, yeah. So. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, How, um, actually, I'm a little confused still in one respect. Is it they have just a lot of multiple play styles of the mercenaries and there's no specific route that they tend to take? Or overall, 
generally it's more infantry than jacks because none of their casters are really that good at running lots of heavy jacks. Okay. So you get a lot of infantry, you get a lot of solo support, and in the current men- meta, you're probably going to see a colossal on every list. Okay. Because their colossals are just so much better. Because I understand that you're going to get different contracts, you're going to have different type of armies, but overall the theme of mercenaries is more foot than... More infantry than yeah. jacks, yeah. Okay. Cheaper, On average, it's cheaper to buy guys. Oh, yeah. I was just curious because everyone, tanks. like you said, every every race or faction <laughs> has some sort of meta that they follow. Yep. I wasn't quite sure what it was for mercenaries, still, but yeah, more infantry and solos More than anything else. Yeah, what would you recommend to somebody that was looking to start mercenaries? Well, the first thing is because if you want to go deep into mercenaries, you're probably going to end up owning all of it at some point, which is pretty expensive. So just go with what you like the look of and have fun. So if you like pirates. Get Shay or Bart, some pirate jacks, some pirate infantry. Uh, if you like the dwarves, just start trying Seer Forge. You're going to be a little bit um, limited, but it gives you a semblance of where to start buying things, and you kind of go up from there. Um, Do they have, like, a starter box or something like that? Not anymore. Uh, they, traditionally, the starter box was Magnus, a Renegade, a Mangler, and a Talon, or Gorton with a Driller and three Gun Bunnies but they don't actually produce the starter sets for mercenaries anymore. Just the separate components? Just the separate components, yeah. That so. kind of makes sense, though, because it seems like it's not a starter army. Like, people that are picking up mercenaries, I feel like, have played the game a little bit more, uh, before. Yeah, it's a bit of a weirder one to jump right into, because you've got so many different options. Uh, and what ends up happening is typically people that get into mercenaries either play Kador or Signar or Crix, and they find themselves with a whole bunch of mercenary models, and they buy a couple casters, and they have a new army. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but the biggest thing is that for me, I believe the strongest or the biggest advantage of playing mercenaries is the hobby side. So what I would strongly recommend is just buy the models you think are cool and you will be able to make them work from there. That makes sense. You know, I kind of like the, the way privateer press has taken that approach too. like you, it's a, it's a dogs of war army like you, but it's better than a dogs of war army because you don't have to have just individual models that were for that army. Do you mean because it's supported? Yeah, oh yeah, you didn't all get eaten by Skaven. There's that. that Not happened. that I'm bitter. <laughs> Talia is now a stinking mass of rotting Skaven farm, basically. Well, corn. What's wrong with I guess that? they just kind of all died like a month sooner than everyone else. So whatever. Doesn't grand scheme of things doesn't make any difference. Yeah. Well, don't worry. The whole game's restarting. So who knows what actually happened? Yeah, it's not like my wood elves are completely taken off the map. Anyways, yeah. oh, they just got some new roommates. That's all. <laughs> yeah, like all the other... Anyways, let's skip that in a conversation. <laughs> stupid, but my point is um, every other game that does something similar to the Mercenaries, like 40k Allies or um, Infinity uh, Mercenaries as well, because you well, have yeah, I mean, some of the Bounty Hunters yep. um, are like... Combined army? Yeah, you just add... Exactly. You add in like a couple models to a smaller faction and an allied detachment or literally just grab a single Bounty Hunter for Infinity. And that's... It like I like the idea of you have a Kador army. You're tired of your Kador army, but you don't want to have an entire. You don't want to pick up a whole new force. You grab a few Merc army or units, and now you have a completely different playstyle, different game. But at the same time, you're using your old models. If that makes sense. Whereas every other yep. system is kind of just an evolution of what you already have. Yep. This is a. Not an evolution of what you have, it's a different army with what you already have. Does that make sense to anybody, or am I just rambling? It's like reduce, reuse, recycle, you know? It's good for the environment, it's good for your bank account, (laughs) and yeah, you get some more use out of your old faction by revitalizing it with new models. 
Yeah, it sounds like it's totally different, is my point. And Captain Planet approves. Exactly. And they do work very well as their own army, too. Especially when he's Don Cheadle in that yeah. Captain Planet. Oh, my God. That's creepy. That is so creepy. Anyways. Awesome. <laughs> I, think, I like I like Mercenaries. It sounds like a really cool faction, and I like what they've done. I think to finish off, maybe, Tom, why don't you tell us your favorite model in the Mercenaries? Darkwing Duck. Uh, like, model or rules? Model. There's one that looks like it. There model. Is. What, like, what, what, what was your you favorite thing to paint? Oh, shit. <laughs> Come on, it's gotta be your Colossal. I feel like your Colossal is what you put the most effort He's into. He's painted several. The Galleon. The Galleon, or what was the... Or the Earthbreaker. Uh, one. Yeah, the Earthbreaker. Um, honestly, feel like the, the model that kept me playing War Machine was the Rulik Jack, the uh, Rothhammer Rock Ram. <laughs> <laughs> sure! <laughs> uh, it's one of the Rulik Jacks. It's got a slug gun and a big grabby fist. And, or no, and a hammer. And it just is... I saw the model painted up by Allie McVeigh. Yep. Because the McVeighs used to be a heavy part of the studio for War Machine about, like, nine years ago. And the aesthetic of the Rulik Jacks, they're just these really clunky, repurposed mining tools that they turned into machines of war. So they're the geckos for Infinity. Yeah. Yeah. So... It was that very industrial aesthetic that kept me playing War Machine when I played Cricks and hated it and played Trolls and hated it. I bought some mercenaries, sat on them for a while. They were in a closet. A couple buddies said, hey, let's play some War Machine again. I was like, all right, sure. Got back in, was playing with the Rulik stuff, and loved it. Cool. And so I would say the Rock Ram is probably my favorite mercenary model of all time. Because that's what kept your hobby health nice and high. Yeah, totally. And it sounds like a Premier League soccer team to me, so that's always good. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Because FIFA's been so healthy as of late. Yeah, so I, I hope that gives people a little bit more of a, an understanding of what mercenaries are. Because they're so disparate, it's really hard to give any kind gave of overarching... gave me a decent understanding. I didn't realize it was quite so uh, separate, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And they're a ton of fun... And it's one of those things where I gotta say, out of all the communities online for War Machine, because there's a very active faction community for all the different groups. The War Machine group is hilarious, or the the mercenary group is hilarious, because when people start bitching, all the guys just slap them around like, "Dude, you're playing mercenaries. Shut the fuck up." Just <laughs> okay, slow I totally your relate roll. to that. The uh, DarkCity.net, uh, the Dark Eldar forum, same thing. People yeah. are like, "This is a great <laughs> list. This is awesome." You're never going to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's oftentimes when people really get into that, like, yeah. jealousy of other factions. There's a few pretty aggressive trolls on the forum that's just like, dude, it's just have fun. Take whatever the fuck you want, yeah. and you'll do well. It's more about how you approach the game than what you're taking, and just enjoy it. Uh, yes, I totally understand that. That's like the, uh, yeah, the Tau forums versus the Dark Elder forums. The Wood Elves used to have the same with, like, Azrai.net or whatever. No, to be older. fair, the, the OG... What else forum was angelfire.com slash No, no, Angelfire. <laughs> Angelfire is dead and gone. We never speak of that again. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's no GeoCities. Let's get real. <laughs> no. No, but that was the OG Wood Elf forum back in like when we were all still bitching about how we didn't even have a White Dwarf supplement yet. We were running Ravening Hordes when everyone else had full-blown army books. Do you know what's crazy? I read it. Speaking of, of GeoCities, this is something that blew my mind. GeoCities was at when it was shut down was backed up. Do you know how much, what the size was when it was totally backed up? One gigabyte. 
Close. It was one. Ter- it was like less than one terabyte. <laughs> <laughs> if it's For the entirety of GeoCities, <laughs> like that's the quality of sites that you could build back then. Was like wow. Me, if you hit a meg, you were doing good. <laughs> well, I guess that maybe- required some serious gifts. I'm sure. <laughs> oh my god! So many blink uh. tags. Do you know how many blink tags that requires? Anyways, I'm nerdy already. Right I guess now, if sorry. you have any other questions about mercenaries, just let us know, and we can uh, pose the questions to Tom, and he'll uh, fire back some answers. Yeah, that's almost exactly how it would work. There you go. Awesome. (laughs) All right. So moving on, Ward, I guess you wanted to talk about some tokens for War Machine. Or not War Machine, uh, X-Wing. X-Wing, yes. Wait, this is the second period. It is the second period. So in the second period, uh, we were going to talk about some third-party tokens for X-Wing. Different companies that produce them, why you should maybe invest in third-party tokens if you so choose. Because cardboard is for bitches. Something along Hey, shut up. Lines. I only have cardboard. It's true. You do. Yeah, I'm in my know. house of it. I really know you don't have cardboard. <laughs> okay. So, Your and- infinity tokens don't goddamn count. <laughs> this is <laughs> X-Wing. They do. We'll talk about infinity tokens later. Anyway, X-Wing tokens. So just some of the different companies that you can look at uh, if you're thinking about getting third-party tokens, if you're tired of those uh, cardboard tokens. I think it's going to be mainly me and Dan talking about these. Would be, my, would be my guess. I'd rather spend money on malls. Mike has some. <laughs> Mike does have some. Oh, yeah, anyway. if there's a game that Mike plays, he's going to have the most expensive accessories for it possible. Oh, I'm, I'm in the same boat for that. I once bought it. a nice token kind of thing. I bought the 3D flame template. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with it. Now I'm good. Or with War Machine, <laughs> Privateer Press makes really good plaster tokens that are like 10 bucks. There you go. Oh, I own those too for... Uh, for your cock. For my, yeah, my conversions. <laughs> I use them once. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, so I am a big fan of third-party tokens for X-Wing. I usually buy them because they're going to be a little bit more versatile. They can hold up a lot better than your cardboard. Uh, if you spill some water on it, your cardboard is pretty hooped. I say water, but I mean beer. Let's be honest. Yeah. I'm not I'm not. If you're drinking here. water, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing so, it wrong. So I, I go with third-party tokens myself, uh, and then we'll talk about some of the different brands and the ones that I like specifically. Dan, do you believe in third-party tokens? I do. They are not, in fact, a figment of my imagination. Um, yeah, they are. They're very <laughs> good, good to know. <laughs> there is definitely, like, a large variety of manufacturers. So depending on what you're... Personal preferences are for style, or even the size of the tokens with some of the companies, or so some of them let you pick the colors. The oh, it counts! You better believe it. <laughs> you would better believe it, son. Uh, you gotta eye it up. But no. uh, okay, we need to get through this segment. Let's let them finish. <laughs> but yeah, so there are there's definitely a wide variety of tokens to choose from, which also helps for differentiating your tokens from your opponents a lot of time as well. Because I do actually like I, that's fair. Because it does happen sometimes with games where, you know, if you have the same templates or, um, like, measuring tape or, you know, that's for you, Tom. Measuring tape. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, if you have all the same gaming aids as your opponent. I like they, to measure things. You were really apt about that measuring tape for your shut-up. It was my fucking money. amazing! <laughs> we're never going to let you live that down, though. I'm never going to want to live it down because that was the greatest hobby purchase of my life. <laughs> sure. Setting the bar real high. But, uh, yeah, so... Well, for I about do, 50... Like, <laughs> yeah, that's not very high. <laughs> okay, but um, yeah, so having something that's a little bit different or customized compared to your opponents, it just gives you a little bit of a personal touch as well as preventing your tokens from getting mixed up with your opponents at the end of the game. Gives you a little bit better chance a lot of the time of getting all your stuff back at the end of the game. So I've got a question for you. When it comes to a game like X-Wing, 
Are things like these tokens ways that you can help personalize your collection when you're otherwise playing with pre-painted models? I would definitely say so. Like, uh, I remember back in the earlier days of X-Wing where, especially when not very many people had the third-party tokens yet, um, guys like Ward and Mike, they went and got their uh, maneuver templates, and you can get your names engraved on them. Darth Sawada. Darth Sawada. I will Darth give Sawada. you. I did. I was not very original. I would like. I should go back in time and change my templates. That would be original just, shit. Mine just says my name. I'm really fucking lame. Just says sharps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like but, uh, I should. I should have got like never tell me the odds or something. Or fly casual. Or fly something. casual. Something. We should do, do a barrel. Yoga That's campaign. a campaign. To get Ward all new everything that sh- says Sharps instead oh, of his name. Well, no, I, I'm giving Dan lots of money for stuff later, which we'll mention in this. For in Sharps? This. No, not Sharps, just in general. Um, I think a lot of people, though, didn't go the third-party token. I just want to say, I made fun of you guys for your templates just there. Mike's Darth Sawada is probably one of the coolest things ever. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when he brought those over, I was just like, yeah, okay, that's, that's fucking awesome. Like, that's just badass. <laughs> Um, I don't think a lot of people went into third-party tokens to start off with because a lot of, like, events, like, it was officially that you could not use them. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty... Really? Pretty, pretty, it's like, I was kind of a little pissed You had to use everything from, like, the starter set for events. Really? The FAQs are a little bit more lenient now, where basically, um, if you're using third-party tokens, your opponent can... I think he can either ask you to use... Um, the cardboard ones, or he, you can just have both players use the same templates to make sure it's fair. Yep. Just in case there's some um, slight manufacturing tolerance. So to get rid of the like issue that. with the red range rulers. Yes. Yeah. So it's not like one guy's you know three bank is going to be longer or shorter than another guy's three bank. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. To get to background red red range rulers from GW, there was a guy that was stretching them in an oven. So his 18-inch red range ruler was so like... Well, dirty. even then, they would want even, even naked, they were already off a little bit. Yeah, they were. <laughs> but if you were all using the same template, I, I guess that would be more fair. It's still kind of weird and changes your game. Fantasy, so I like, the, I like the cardboard thing. Fantasy Flight, though, has gone on record now saying like it's up to the TO. And most TOs now are going to let third-party tokens go. So, which is pretty sweet. So let's, let's talk about some different uh, companies that make third-party tokens then. Sure. Do you want to start? Tokens. Sure, I will start. Um, I think the easiest place to start is actually the Fantasy Flight organized play kits themselves, which is something I know we've mentioned once or twice throughout the podcast, but um, they do the seasonal tournament kits as well as the store championships and regionals, nationals, that sort of a thing. And uh, the prizes for all their campaign and tournament kits always include uh, various packets of tokens. So it, is, um, so it was, especially in the beginning where not many people knew about or had these third-party tokens... When you could, uh, when you could go to a tournament and win shield tokens or win focus tokens or what have you, and a lot of the tournaments now too, they come with a set of um, maneuver templates. Like, um, if you win regionals, the set of maneuver templates says like regional championship on them. Yeah, sweet. That's really cool. And so you definitely get your bragging rights that way. And so the Fantasy Flight does directly does directly supply not as something you can just buy off the shelf, but as a reward for going out and playing in campaigns, playing in tournaments. Uh, there's the token sets that come right from the manufacturer. So you don't have to worry about any issues of them being... And they also have some colored dice and stuff. You don't have to worry about them being unofficial or anything okay. like that. Like, I see a problem with this, though. Sure. You can't buy them off the shelf. You cannot. You have to go to events and... You can buy them off eBay for way too much money. Yes. I was going to say, there is, there is that. Yeah, you can definitely get them off of Fleabay for sure. So, But, yeah, so that is that is one thing that I like just because if you are going to events and playing games, you are going to accumulate some of them over time. Like, if you're like, winning games... 
or whatever. Are they participation prizes? Like, what happens if I suck at the game and want templates? It's like the top four will typically get like bags mm-hmm. of like yeah. the tokens. And so stuff. if you're playing in like an so eight-man tournament or a six-man <laughs> tournament, good you chance. Got good odds. Don't suck, mm-hmm. Steve. Dan? Well, never tell me the odds. <laughs> <laughs> that's acceptable. But um, yeah, so that's so a lot of the time they're not. You don't have to win the tournament to get the tokens. Like. Um, I think a lot of the time it's like top 8 or top 16 for the larger tournament kits, so you do get a large number of some of those as well. Like, they're not that hard to get, is what I'm Wh- getting at. Which my so let's say you really suck and want to buy new templates. Go on, go on eBay. Oh, well, if, you, if you suck and you well, want to buy new there templates. are many other options. Yes, uh, my favorite company that, I, where I, was going that, that. <laughs> I spent a lot of money is uh, Litco. Uh, so they've got a bunch of different designs for all of their different um, tokens, so evades, barrel rolls. And they're the ones that also do the range rulers, not just the tokens. They do, yeah. You can get customizable range rulers, which Darth Sawada was part of. Woo-hoo! Uh, that was a Lyco, um template. Um, I've bought templates from them before. Uh, I buy tokens. They've also started coming out with uh, stand-up tokens, so they're going to be a little bit bigger. I like that. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like two-piece 3D ones where it's like the flat base and then like a vertical focus icon or an evade or Once again, like a lot like my Sort of like template. the flaming tokens I use in Stobie. Yes, exactly. So they're, they're going to stand up on the board. They're going to be a little bit more visible, which is kind of cool as well. Um, they are typically a little bit bigger, but... Yeah, my, my beef against those is uh, in terms of storage, the little containers, like the almost like bead organizer um, type of containers that I use for my tokens... The stand-up ones don't really fit in there, so. But I don't care. I I love them, <laughs> and I'm I I don't have any currently. Can't you just pop them apart? That is, you, you could can. you could just break them in half every time you're done playing you, your game. You could. They don't they don't fit in snugly. It's you would have to glue them together. Oh, to that sucks. Okay, I see. I do like them, and I do want to magnetize all your tokens. Progress that way. That sounds insane. But all the liquid ones that I have That's are just usually the I triangles like. and such. Yeah, yeah mag- the, magnetize your tokens, dude. Yeah, no. Gotta do it. The mechanical <laughs> warhorse template that they were like, yeah, no, this this flame template definitely just is friction fit because there's no one in the plan on the planet that's gonna temp- like transport that in 3D mode because it's gonna be a broken piece of plastic <laughs> by the time you're done. So that, that makes sense. But but like Litco, I would say is the most numerous uh, that I've seen out there uh, for tokens. They seem to be one of the first as well. Yes, because they absolutely. they have a really wide range of tokens for. All kinds of other games, and I believe it's Litco as well, where you can get you can design custom tokens on their website. Yep. Yeah, you guys had these things like yep. a couple years ago now, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty and much. We've had like, a long time now too. Yeah, yeah they'll they'll too. make they'll make a bunch of different yeah. companies uh, sort of cool. thing. So I like that one. Um, Team Covenant is another company that or, or group that makes tokens and templates. Uh, they have like a a pod. Not a podcast. They've got a, a they've YouTube got like channel. a YouTube channel. They've got blogs. They've got and they're also like. Um, they're also a physical brick and mortar gaming shop in. Oh, that's Oklahoma. refreshing. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. they've uh, they've done lots of coverage of X Wing events. They've talked to lots of game developers and designers too, which cool. is kind of cool. And they've At- been just like absolutely pivotal in the development of um, the X Wing community as well through the blogs, through the comments, through the YouTube um, video and stuff like that. They've they have a huge following, and they're they're it's a lot of the best players from around the world. They all contribute through that community. And it's a very, it's a very like good community. Everyone's very nice and congenial. And in addition to the fact that there's just excellent quality players giving very good advice and nice, like, it's just a very, very, very good community. I like that. That's cool. And they do have their own sets of uh, tokens and maneuvering templates. You can even get maneuvering templates in rich mahogany. Really? No way. They cost like seventy five dollars or something, but you can get them. U.S. I think so. 
<laughs> you know what? Bad that I'm kind of tempted. I was pretty <laughs> tempted too. I'm not gonna I lie. I have like, oh, actually, legitimately, I own one X-wing ship. I just happened to store some of my friends here, uh, so I don't actually have an X-wing fleet. But the moment you said rich mahogany, I thought. Yeah, I could get all the templates, and that seems like I want really my cool I want my miniature thing. case to smell like rich mahogany. <laughs> yeah, do you know how many Ron Burgundy jokes we can make at like all times? It would just be the. You know how many we make already? <laughs> yeah, and wheels of cheese that you can store really, along with. I was I was really sad at work today in a staff meeting. Some people were talking about things that they love, and I just quietly off the side was like, "I love lamp," and <laughs> no one got it. No, you need to quit your job and find new people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom. I know you just you're, you, you're excited about your job. You're done. I'm going to hand in your resignation letter for you. These people clearly don't know how the world works. <laughs> but in addition to the awesome rich mahogany, I think they do have a couple other uh, types of wood as well. But um, they, you can get your plastic acrylic in the various colors. They have, like, um, epic movement templates. They have the range rulers, like, in the, the full section as well as the range 1, 2, and 3. Which is an know, awesome Split buy. rulers. Yep. That sort of a thing. And they also have tokens for other games as well, like... Um, like the X-Wing CCG for Netrunner, other games like that. So, so you can get the tokens, the templates, the wood templates, all that good stuff. So other than the fact that you can get them into the wood, what are the differences between Litco and Team Covenant templates? The nice thing about Team Covenant is you know you are supporting um, like a, you know, a local gaming store, essentially, as well as being like, um, be, ho- sorry, as well as supporting some of the, the better communities out there. So it's it's less about the actual differences between the items and more you prefer. Well, the difference in the item there should be none, like dimension wise. I mean, maybe height would be a thing, but it's generally the same brand of you know the same board of acrylic with a different logo embossed on. You need them to be the exact identical. Well, for the maneuvering templates, but for the tokens, Team Team Covenant has the logo on it, that sort of thing. Uh, Like like I guess you you mean like the shield templates or the advanced. Those those you can change in size and such. Yeah, that's not a big deal. Maneuver templates they should all be the same. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They Um, they do have the um, like quite fine detail with the white paint on on the acrylic for the tokens. Oh, so they're a little bit better than just like the edge. Some of them, some of the fluorescent companies, the companies, sorry, that do fluorescent tokens, they don't necessarily come painted. They're, they're some just of them just come, yeah, where it's just laser etched into the plastic. Lit- Litco is, I've got a lot of the laser And etched. I think, I may Which, be wrong Which, let's be honest here, the Litco stuff the, you can read fine. That's oh yeah, it's not, not a, a downside. Not a they, the etch is totally cool. But, uh, okay, my, I'm not familiar with uh, the Team Covenant stuff that much. Do they do 3D like Lit- Litco does? For not the to my I haven't seen. I okay, because that is one of the big sellers for me, actually. Is the 3D Lit- tokens with yeah. flaming and uh, and I mean that's yeah. tokens is Litco's bread and butter. Bread and butter, it's what they do. Yes, yeah, so they right. make tokens for all the different. Okay, systems, so, right? so if it's just a plain token, I can see doing Covenant. But I'm saying if you want the 3Ds, I think Litco's got the edge. The edge there, absolutely. Cool. Uh, I just want to briefly mention Corsac Engineering. Uh, they are an older company that they do a lot of like flying stands and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the big thing that they did, I think one of, they were one of the first ones to do, is actually do asteroid templates. Yeah. So they yep. had the same uh, outline footprint. as the as the yeah the, the footprint, footprint as the asteroid, as but it also had a stand so you could basically put an asteroid on top of it. So yep. that way it had kind of like a three D element to your game if you and wanted to. And it still to. kept the same footprint. Yep. Yeah. It was just a clear um, acrylic, so nothing nothing super special. Um, but it had the footprint and you can basically add that extra dimension to your game. That mm-hmm. was that was pretty much their okay. contribution to tokens. Any other companies? 
The last one that I want to mention... Well, so many more. Uh, there is more, but the last one that I really want to mention is Greenway Designs. This Green Man Designs. Green Man right? Designs. Uh, this is the company that uh, me and Dan are giving a lot of money to for different reasons. Is um, this the company that I tried to purchase the pre-production stuff yes, out? Yes. Yeah, this, that's what I thought. Yeah, and they wouldn't go for that. They've got... Uh, you know what? And good they for showed them. Some, and good for them. They showed some yes. remarkable restraint when I was like, I'll give you lots of dollars to let me <laughs> bring these home. The big thing for them is they just finished a Kickstarter not too long ago, and basically what they're doing is basically space designs on um, the underside of an acrylic template. And they look amazing. Uh, I would highly recommend checking them out. Um, their yeah, stuff should be for sale on their actual website in, in not too long after they finish off Kickstarter stuff. Yeah, and I do believe that they got they finally got their gigantic shipment of um, acrylic sheets from their supplier. And uh, his, I believe his um, special printer for doing those full-color designs on the back of the templates... Rather than just having like the clear green or clear blue or whatever colors of acrylic, the ones with the um, the full yeah the space mats and the asteroids and the all the other stuff in the background, his printer for that is being delayed, so he is um, starting production via another company just to get the ball rolling okay, on those. Yeah. But they are it does sound like they are fully ramping up their production now that he has the materials and everything. And hopefully we'll be getting those shipped out relatively soon, and then they will go available on the website. And I, and I know oh. Steve saw his initial product was kind of like a a, a hodgepodge of like different like no it, tokens, but that wasn't an issue. It was, they, those were honestly like they were beautiful tokens. The, I thought about buying them, not necessarily as the fact that I needed them. They just actually looked really nice. They are awesome, and they he, I think he did uh, just over half a dozen different like. Uh, themes for his ones. So, like, one is Jupiter, one is Starburst, one is, like, yep. Cosmic Wave, that sort of thing. Yeah, the templates say, are absolutely gorgeous. I, I actually had to order two sets of these templates. If you want to have a quick look at them, oddly enough, if you uh, Google Green Man Designs X-Wing image search, the second image gives you a nice uh, span of all of them, and it happens to be Dan's blog. <laughs> well, that's oh, cool. awesome. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So... Did you impress? Yeah. Yeah, if you if you do that, you'll see all the maneuver templates and range bands too. Oh, cool. Neat. So there's yeah. one that I'm trying to find the name for, and if you guys know, it's a company that's doing a modular uh, gaming token where it's actually six-sided. Mod cubes. Sorry? Mod cubes. It's a Kickstarter. Mod cubes. Yeah, it's on Kickstarter. Yeah. And they're doing it for all games, but it, they do have it for X-Wing as well, and what it is is that it's these cubes that click together. It's basically just a frame, and then there'll be the, the token that you can put in there. So instead of having a separate token for focus and everything else, if you're doing it for X-Wing, it turns into basically a six-sided die, and you'll have a, each one of the different sides will have a different token on it. Yeah. So and they're doing them for Fantasy, 40K, War Machine, Malifaux, X-Wing... So the nice thing Infinity. with the, that's sweet. The nice thing with the X-wing ones too, it's like if you're running a, a, oh, a build yeah, that yeah. has like six six ships in it, you get six cubes and you've got enough to basically one for each one, and you just change your cube yeah, and side. It'll to be too late by the time like. everybody hears this, but the Kickstarter I think for this ends in like three days. But yeah, but I think but this is going to go past after. Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like these guys are actually going to make a real run of it. Absolutely, yeah. So the yeah. one thing I would say though is. <laughs> I think they're different enough that it won't be an issue, but I know whenever I use, uh, like, the vehicle uh, markers that uh, GW had, um, that were the dice, they had the little sides for, like, wreck, that kind of thing, or the objective markers, I inevitably <coughs> pick them up. Maybe it's because I'm dumb or something like that, but <laughs> I would pick them up and roll them. 
or they would well, be these sitting ones by them. Don't look as much like yeah, that's these, what I was gonna these, say. These they look bigger. like they're very frame like. So these ones might be okay, but I dice always worry me, which is why I always like the little tiny templates because they're like. You know, and these are also six-sided dice, and a game that uses D8s, so they're going to look very yeah, different. Yeah, true. In X-Wing, that makes sense. I'm talking And in Malifaux, use cards. So that's okay. where I was thinking about immediately. Okay, I'm the only 40k player that's going to get screwed by these. Okay? <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're the only one. No. Uh, and the neat thing, too, is that they do come in different color frames, and you can actually combine it, so you get a half orange, half purple, or... Yep. Do you do whatever you like? I got three sets. Nice. Oh, there you go. Oh, wow. I want to see them. Mm-hmm. Then I might have to buy some. <laughs> but I think sure. they're an honorable mention. They're not yes. available yet, but they... It's a really interesting design that I think will go quite well, far. Same thing with the Green Man designs. Unless you were on the Kickstarter, you got to wait probably a little bit until you can actually buy them. And yeah, the Green Man design ones, though, are not an honorable mention. They're, they're awesome. They're cool. awesome. And that's why I bought... I, I'm giving Dan a bunch of money, so he yeah, just has to tell me. And the non- Is that Kickstarter closed? Yes. yes. Long time ago. Yeah. Okay. But, Which is um, why I tried to buy them out from underneath them, and he would not sell them. His <laughs> targets. Was this at LVO? Yeah. That's they're they're unreasonably cool. The felt backing, it, it, they're just, they're the best tokens in the gaming. We'll world. take some pictures, put them up there when we get them eventually. And um, the Green Man design stuff, not the full color, but uh, the basically just the colored acrylic with the extra painted symbols. You can just buy those on his website right now. Those have been available for a while, along with his like movement templates and blast markers for like War Machine and 40k and stuff like that. And they do a lot of custom work as well. Yeah, if you want. So, if you designs. want like promo stuff for a tournament or for a gaming club That's or cool. whatever, you can pay and get designs done up and get mm. like absolutely unique designs. Copy night in Canada templates maybe coming, coming at you. You could, you could for we'll sure. So, uh, anything else that uh, you have? Templates. Yeah, there's. I uh, just wanted to name drop a couple other ones too. There's. I think the moral of the story is there are a wide variety of these companies out there. Cogo Two is one where I believe they ship out of the UK. So, if you are of the you know European persuasion. <laughs> then these might be a persuasion. Bit. Like you had a choice, <laughs> you could move. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. I'll let, I'll let it go. But uh, these are. This is the company that um, the painter rodent mastermind. He has a bit of following. He was doing a lot of the insanely intricate repaints, like the crazy like checkerboard patterns on like the sides of his X wings and stuff, mm. in that scale. And so he was. He definitely made him a name for himself just with his uh, miniature painting. And this is. I don't know if it's like a family business or whatever, but this is one that he's affiliated with and does a lot of the design work for. Cool. So you can get your maneuver templates, your tokens. They have like Malifaux tokens. They have some. I was going to say, I remember that name and stuff. From Malifaux. Yeah. So it's they have they have the full amount of stuff on there as well. Like you can get, you know, you can get templates with like um, the Mandalorian skull on it, or like the Empire cog, or that's pretty sweet. Like the Rebellion logo and stuff. Like they have a huge catalog of stuff online and. You know, it, it seems reasonable prices. The main thing is shipping from Europe to North America unnecessarily. There's probably a cheaper option than that somewhere. Yeah. And considering this game is fairly popular in Europe as well, he probably gets a lot more business from that region than over here. But it is definitely a valid option if you happen to be over in that neck of the woods or if you don't mind shipping. Cool. Keep name dropping because I think you got one more. Or a few more. Uh, who else? I don't know. Did you have one more? Does Advanced Deployment do X-Wing? The, I don't know. I, I don't believe I don't so. know about Advanced Deployment. I think Applied Perspective might. Okay. Well, the moral of the story, there's They're, they're everywhere. <laughs> so the, the punchline is you can really, I think for me, that you can really find some tokens to help personalize your gaming experience for X-Wing, even if you're not painting on models. 
Like, if you're just going with the pre-paints, yep. you can really make it feel more your own force with those little accessories, which is why I think it's really thrived in this game. So yeah, many different sense. accessories. And when the cost of the cost of the miniatures compared to a lot of other games are quite low. Like, yeah. if you're getting two waves of models a year, you pick up a couple, you might only spend a couple hundred bucks per year total on the game. So dropping some a couple dozen dollars here and there for tokens is not really a, a deal breaker. So it's an easy way to accessorize because the game is a little bit on the inexpensive side, especially if you're not paying for hobby supplies to paint your models. So totally arbitrary and useless question. What would you guys go around the table? What would you pick for your templates? Rich Mahogany. Rich Mahogany? <laughs> so Team like Covenant? That. I'm not even shitting you. I really want I, those. I like that. That's fair. Although I might, if they have like a Koa, I'd be happier with that. Dan, how about yourself? Um, I have a couple right now. For different. What would you picks, pick? Your best. No. Uh, the Green Man designs for yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. The, I had a feeling. The full color it. movement templates and all the other stuff. And because he does a lot of the custom work, so I'm going to try and get a couple of, maybe a couple of tokens with either Hobby Night in Canada thing on them. Nice. Or get some ones that have like, uh, like Boba Fett can helmet do the one, for Target Lock and stuff like that. If you can do the one that has, I, I want a range ruler that has Hobby Night in Canada on it with the felt backing and some crazy space background. If we can make that happen, I am in. I'm, it is like I'm prohibitively sure. expensive to get custom on the full color, but it's so? an option. I think it adds like 10 or 15 bucks per product, whether it's a set of rulers or a set of templates, it's adding quite a bit. I feel like but I would spend... But it'd be freaking awesome. I feel like I would spend <laughs> like 30 or $40 on a range ruler if it had Hobby Night in Canada. Like, I, I don't think that's prohibitively expensive. The real question is, would you guys? Ooh, I like that. Mm, interesting. Ooh. Ward? Um, I'm going to go with the Green Men Designs because I'm about okay. to give Dan a bunch of my money, and I just like the <laughs> different uh, effects that he's got going on with the, the space... Mike, what do you think? I, I do like the green man, and, and the felt backing is actually a big thing for me too, because the other ones can actually scratch your mats and yeah, from the sharp sure. from the sharp sure. acrylic edges. Yes, yeah. I yes. can see that. So the felt to me is a is a bonus. So yeah, gotcha. But not for the reasons you guys. Okay, I did. I did have one more shout out. Uh, there is a company in Calgary that is just starting up uh, its own token site. Uh, Galaxy Gaming Gear, uh, so www.galaxygaminggear.com. Uh, they're going to be doing a bunch of um, tokens as well, um, very similar to the Litco ones. Um, so again, we should talk to them. Go local, see if they want to do some hobby. Yeah, I've I've so. talked to uh, James uh, from them uh, a little bit um, back in April. So yeah, he seems pretty excited to to start it up. And uh, I know their website's a little bit under construction right now, but uh, check them out. Interesting. For sure. Yeah, local. I just want to say I would pick the Green Man Design stuff for X Wing, but still the best template in the game or in in the world for gaming is the Frontline Gaming Plasma Pistol. <laughs> it's a legit yeah. plasma pistol with all the measurement <laughs> a- uh, angles on it. Not X-Wing. Thanks. Not X-Wing. <laughs> but it's a plasma pistol. It has a trigger. So if you play 40K, buy that one. You can't <laughs> buy it. Can't buy it. How do you get it? Steal it. You. They gave it away at the LVL and that's it. I never even got one. Oh. Uh, that's because oh. Steve wasn't good. Hmm. There you go. Yeah. I know okay. that that's it for second period. <clears throat> yeah. That's, so going into the third period, I think is going to be largely Dan and Ward because you guys actually... Again. Got a game of Zone Mortalis. You guys played 40k and I wasn't even invited. Oh, you, uh, you, no, you said invited. you were busy. I wasn't. I was busy. You were for yeah, dinner yeah. then. Couldn't make it. And you canceled the one before that. Yeah. I did with with you. Yeah, yeah we didn't play Infinity. Yeah, I feel bad. Yeah, we didn't play Zone Mortalis though. Yeah. We weren't going. All right. 
<laughs> so anyway, we're just going to give you kind of a quick breakdown of the Zone Mortalis game that we played. Uh, Dan was kind enough to lend me some salamanders that were painted. Freshly painted. varnished. Freshly painted. varnished. I was smelling them all game. They, they were painted just like 15 years ago, so let's continue <laughs> on. So Still I, counts. So I it played, counts. Uh, Holy shit, it really was that long ago. Yeah, yeah I know, right? <laughs> so the Raven Guard were from 2003 is when I started painting them. And some of them were reprimed salamanders when they started. Dude, those those salamanders also have the rhino that was the original rhino. Yeah, like the Mark One rhino. Yeah, it's yeah. not that's not a debate. They are fifteen years old. Uh, <laughs> so I played the salamanders. I had a tactical squad. Uh, there's a flamer. No, uh, the, it was the heresy tactical squad. So no special weapons, but the sergeant had artificer armor and power fist. Then I and he also had the Legion Vexilla standard. Which you guys are playing a real weird game of. So you're playing uh, 30K. Yeah, we were playing 30k rules. 30k, 30K Zone Mortalis. Like it. Yes. I like it. Yeah. Uh, we tried that out. Uh, then I also had a captain. Yes, yeah, so he had pistol. so much gear. Plasma pistol, the saber. Plasma pistol, Charnabral saber, artificer armor, the refractor field, and I think he had melt bombs. Did you guys play three or 500 points? 500. And then lastly... Yeah, you got a captain that has that much stuff. I also had a... Well, he's only like 150, really? 120 points. The 50 points base. The X it's, it's, it's a two-wound captain. They're the not e- that crazy. No. Oh, they're not actually a captain from 40k. Yeah, they don't the, have three wounds. Okay. The extra points were went into a five-man uh, Terminator squad with... One had a pair of lightning claws, one had a Stormbolt power fist, one had a... Well, I think three had the Stormbolt turn power fist. Two, I think. Something like that. Two and, no, two <laughs> this did. is enticing radio. Sar- Sergeant, uh, power, or again, Saber and power, um, bol- sorry, Stormbolter. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. He had a Stormbolter, Stormbolter really Power Sword, or sorry, Combi Bolter, Power Sword Sergeant. I got with a heavy flamer and a power fist. The Two guys with combi bolters and power fist. One guy with paralyzing claws. Can we just say oh, it was a Terminator squad with war gear soup? The important thing was the heavy flamer. That's all yeah, I'm say. That okay. ma- that's fair. Because yeah. okay. Salamander's chapter tactics is when they're using flamers, they're plus one strength. When they're Wait. getting hit by flamers, they're minus one strength. Oh, that's right, because it's, it's 30k chapter tactics. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Gotta Dan, get my head around Dan that. Dan was playing Marines as well. Yeah, I played my Raven Guard. Go so they figure. Had they had a very similar... <laughs> well, of course it's going to be Marines. But, uh, so they had a very similar captain where he had Artificer Armor, the same Chernobyl Saber. Uh, I think he had mel- might have had melt bombs as well. The Refractor Field you? for the 5-plus Inball. Because Iron Halos are only for Praetors, don't you know? But, yeah, no, um, the melt bombs is what I was talking about. You, you, you can't not take Space Marine characters without melt bombs. That's just dumb. Yeah, they, they would, in theory, come in very handy if you run into, like, a Dreadnought or a Sealed Bulkhead or something like that. Yeah. Sealed Doors. Um, what, they're five points. Yeah, so he was my HQ, and uh, my elites were a 10-man veteran tactical squad with a Heavy Flamer and a Melt-A-Gun and a Power Fist on the Sergeant. And uh, my tactical squad was just a 10-man Legion tactical squad, and the Sergeant had Artificer Armor and Melt Bombs, I believe. Cool. So a little bit, had a little bit more models with a little bit less upgrades, but yeah, Ward had the Terminator armor, so it was going to be an interesting matchup, I think. So lists are sort of a uh, battle force, one of everything kind of thing going on. Yeah, because your compulsories yeah. as an attacker are, again, 1 HQ, 1 elite. As a defender, you're 1 HQ, 1 troop. So you don't really have yeah. much more you can do within 500 points. But I think the, the lists are sort of not what's interesting me. I, like... So how was the board set up? What did you guys use? We basically filled the majority of a 3 by 3 table with um, various Space Hulk tiles. So all kinds of intersecting corridors and rooms and 
Uh, we had we used some of the little the half round like hazard stripey yep. um, sets. We had to be the entry points to the um, to the table because you have to kind of surround the edge of the board with entry points for reserves to enter play from. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And um, so, how does deployment work? How did you guys do? Who got first turn? Who? What was the whole deployment like? I had first turn, so we basically deployed at opposite table quarters. So or I table edges, that table thing. edges. So okay, so you actually deploy not like twelve inches out. You don't get tiles within that. You I think we did stay it. On I think we did edge. it slightly wrong as I uh, rolled oh, okay. some of the um, reread some of the rules afterwards. But I think you do deploy <laughs> depending on the scenario. Sometimes you deploy on a table edge. Sometimes you deploy and ta- deploy on table quarters. Oh, so you get to deploy in any corridor within that quarter. Uh, quarters, not corridor. Quarters. Corridor. Like to cleanse the Nobody said any corridor in Sorry. that quarter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the way the way I thought, I thought you had to deploy within six inches of the entry zones, but I think it's only when you're entering reserves you have to enter from one of the entry oh, zones. Oh I see, okay. So we started a little bit more restricted than we would have otherwise. But um, So we're running pretty long on time here. Can you get just give us an overall sense of how the game played? Flamers Maybe. are the best. Flamers are awesome. Uh, <laughs> I found that the game really went close combat. So if you're that kind of makes sense, yeah, <laughs> with the corridors and such. So I mean, 40k is there's a lot of shooty stuff in 40k, but I would cater your army towards being ready for close combat when it happens because it will happen. Yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of close range firefights um, via Overwatch. There's going to be a lot of Overwatches at full ballistic skill. They have a reactionary fire special rule where heavy weapons can't do it, but like assault and rapid fire and pistols and stuff. If you pass an initiative test for your squad. You can overwatch at full ballistic skill. That's crazy. That is really cool. So, because because with those corridors, there's the entire table is full of line of sight blocking terrain. So you could like move six inches around a corner and then charge somebody, and there's no way hell they would ever get to shoot at you first. Yeah. So the reaction fire rule allows you to get some full full value rounds of shooting off with full ballistic skill Which before you get engaged in combat. Which is totally fair. Yeah. You're like as you said, uh, Overwatch is such an important part of the game now you're going to have to get some use out of it because otherwise it's never going to happen in that game. The other big thing, too, is like how you want to run your doors on the the table. We had a lot of doors. Cause we we had went crazy. Space we did Hulk? a lot of Space, space Hulk doors. Space with a million doors, yeah. approximately. So we, we used a lot, and then uh, if you're playing with locked doors, you got to try to break that down. And, I mean, if you only have so many guys with power fists, and if they die really quickly, you're going to be stuck in like certain areas. Or if you just like roll a one or a two or something and you fail to knock the door down. Yeah, it's a we Space Marine sergeant that has two attacks. You can whiff pretty easy. We were a little yeah. bit concerned that because doors are armor value 13 and any glancing or penetrating hit They're automatically what? destroys them. 13. They're sealed spaceship bulkheads. They're armor 13? Oh. But yeah. That's intense. Armor actually. 13, yeah. It's You're not punching that through the power fist armor. With the with the levels of rules, you can play with um, unlocked doors where you just make base contact with the door and then you can open the door and finish your move. Which so that's space which, rules. Which we played with. And there's uh, there's also rules for um, doors that are controlled via switch. So basically if you're controlling a mini objective like a certain control oh, yeah, like panel a control on a room, panel. Yeah, makes sense. then you can unlock doors and open and close doors and stuff like that. Or you can play with sealed doors that you have to break down. So I think the way it, it might be a little better to do uh, to do it something along the lines of a host rule where you can deploy all the doors that you just treat as like normal doors. You can walk through them freely, but if each player could maybe nominate two or three doors to be sealed before the game starts, well, that's cool. I like that. That might be a yeah. way to add some of that variety so I and guess do it in a fair way. The real question is who won? No, no. The real question was there a gutsy or goatsy moment? Okay, no, no. First of all, <laughs> let's 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 rephrase this. We need to have levels of importance. 
<laughs> no, this is the. Did you guys have fun? Was oh, it yeah. something you would do again? I, I, I would, would say so. I would play it again for sure. Maybe not Marines on Marines because that's not fun. Marines on Marines actually could be awesome. Like if somebody takes like an ironclad dreadnought or something, yeah, should well, you get real in a hurry? Yeah, well, oh, that makes sense. Okay, so okay, so uh, you had fun. You do it again. I guess leading into was there a winner? Was there a gutsy or gutsy moment? Or was it pretty pitched and boring? There were definitely <laughs> some pretty pretty aggressive moments. One of the things that I would say very much hinged the battle, um, you know, in terms of who won and who lost, was there was a round of, su- of shooting where I had my uh, my captain. He or what's his name? Centurion. He's not a captain. He's a centurion. That makes more sense. Now. So he <laughs> he left the squad of tactical marines, the veteran tactical marines, <laughs> and they rapid fired into Ward's tactical squad. Because I forgot that he had a Legion Vexilla thingy that lets him, like... He had a lot of special rules for re-rolling morale tests. Okay, yeah. So he basically got to make sure that he ran away, leaving me with the guy stuck in the middle of nowhere with nobody in range to charge. Oh, so he was doing the Marnius Calgar trick of, oh, I failed my leadership check. Like old school tactics for Ultramarine. So he didn't literally get to choose, but it was like he rolled, like, I think he rolled like a pair of sixes. And he had to re-roll at least one of them from the Salamander's rules, but it was still a fail. And so he That's got to, really smart. Yeah, so like you might have played Marines before, hey? Still got to make sure he, you know, he could run away, and he he could have chosen to re-roll both, but he did, obviously didn't want to. So then my attack squad ran behind my Terminators, which... Uh, Are like, then, hey, yeah, charge me. me. And charge his me fuckers, Centurion. they actually can pass a regroup test, which is a spoiler, mine can't. Dan <laughs> <laughs> is really good at rolling tens. A couple times in a row. Oh, so. nice. Nice. Yep. So, That's okay. Uh, they're, so his guys, they're flighty marines. They're <laughs> raving. They're supposed to run away for a little bit and oh, then come back and hit you later. We forgot one of the special rules, though. Your, your, uh, your Terminator should have had to take a leadership test for having guys fall back through them. Because uh, the press of bodies in an enclosed space can sense. force them to fall back, too. But odds are good you would have passed because you actually wanted to pass that test. And with re-rolls and all the other things Salamanders get. And I'm assuming they're Leadership 9 with veterans. It would have been Leadership 9, and if you failed yep. the test, he could re-roll one dice of his choice. So they weren't really running. No. That's not a thing. Um, so yeah, basically I moved up, I rapid-fired, killed too many guys, he failed his leadership test and left me out of charge range. For my captain to get mobbed by a group of Terminators with his captain. What's the victory conditions in that game? Um, depending on the scenario, there is are it random. points, or is it do you get well, do you still get points specifically the one that you guys played? The one that we played, there were f- uh, five objectives on the table, plus your slay the warlord. Oh, you do get slay blood. the warlord. So I'm yeah. assuming your warlord got slayed after that. Uh, slain, yes. Yes. slain, got slayed. It's war slay the warlord. Yeah, I got that. slayed. I controlled more objectives. No. He fought in a lot of challenges, and oh. he either rolled ones or sixes with very little in between, and that does not always work out. <laughs> nope, nope. You generally want sixes followed by more sixes. And I, and <laughs> I did. Idea. I did uncover a lot of Skyfire objectives inside of yes. the close space. He rolled all of the objectives Wait. that were. Yeah, because they use mysterious objectives. objectives, and you can get Skyfire. It's the same chart. No way. So, and Ward kept rolling Skyfire yeah. Nexus. It was awesome. Is there any skimmer in the game that would fit? Because I'm assuming there is a rule no. against you can't take flyers. You, you physically flyers. have to fit within four-inch corridors to be able to take it, but you could take stuff like fast jet bikes and stuff like uh, that. You know, a, oh, you a could a take Viper, a Viper. A Viper would actually get the Venom would, would do probably it. work. Yeah, those would get it. Yeah. So. It would be stupid because you have to take dangerous terrain tests on a viper or a venom, and they have no all way of rerolling it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> every time you move. So it was basically yeah. the yeah. one that he. Yeah. Really, You're in a fucking really corridor did. with this this yeah. supersonic bike. 
<laughs> yeah, all my, all my objectives. We've all played Battletoads. We know how this ends. <laughs> <laughs> Not well for uh, the Toad. I, I would play it again. I'd like to see different factions. Uh, rather hey, you know who has a few different factions? Me and Mike. Well, I mean, you just gotta Even have me, a night. Even me, actually. You just gotta have a nice Yes, then, right. Then you should respond with a yes to the invitation. I, I could you changed on Friday it to a night. Day I couldn't make it. We did it. We would have done it on both days. Also, in my defense, no, you I didn't. found out you from all you day. Tuesday. Like I sent you a message on like Monday of hey man I can't do Tuesday we should do Friday and it was radio silence and I was talking to Nathan he's like I think Dan's gonna play some Zone Mortalis on Friday but like <laughs> <laughs> until like the afternoon of Friday when I was already like committed to Busy. work gotcha <laughs> I was pretty sure I'm pretty sure you're forgetting something along the ways there no. I, I think we're gonna have have he does not no no okay I think we're well, gonna have more face offs with Zone Mortalis so we'll give you more feedback on this that week sure. I am gonna throw down a challenge. You bring whatever you want and tell me what army to play, Battle and I'll tech. play you. Oh, no Zone Mortalis. Oh, okay. That's not whatever space. you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You bring whatever army you want and tell me what to play. No, Dan, it'd be Zone More Battletech. Zone More Battletech. There yeah. you go. Okay, sure. sure. I, don't, I haven't played Battletech since I was... Eight? Twelve? Somewhere in there? Like, a small <laughs> child? And was like, this game is dumb. I, I would rather play 40k. Okay, so the moral <laughs> of the story is that Zone Mortalis was actually... Was it everything you wanted it to be? We didn't play with any ordnance, so nobody had explosive decompressions of the entire table, which is kind of sad. And we did not roll that's on that an crazy chart. There's a buried alive chart for playing under like insanely dangerous conditions, where if you roll a 12, every model on the board, strength test or die. Yes. Cool. As you explosively once. decompress or have a catastrophic cave-in, depending on your setting. Yes. So we did not. We did and not. If you, use that and if you have so much ordnance in your guard, it'd be fun. I don't actually you, have a lot of ordnance. And if you take something like um, like a rapier laser destroyer for knocking down bulkheads, it counts as ordnance. And counting as ordnance, you roll plus one on that two d six chart. So instead Ooh. of rolling a one in thirty six chance of it happening, it's one in twelve. And if you roll at the start of every turn, you'll probably have an explosive decompression by the end of the game, which I'm hoping it happens if you play. Oh my god, I have... What are, <laughs> just, are, do, strength D weapons are not ordnance. What do they count nope. as? They don't count as anything, because they don't. They didn't expect strength D weapons to be man-portable when they made this. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Because who the That's fuck crazy. saw that coming? Yeah. That's crazy. Because I was going to say Wraith Guard, de- explosive decompressing things would be hilarious. <laughs> like just Also, whap. I do want to play missions, too, where in, maybe instead of having the Buried Alive chart, you have the, the Demon chart, and just say you're playing with like a faulty Geller field. Oh, so that's like super like, cool. Oh, squad because another two minutes just showed up. Yeah, like psychers on the board just suddenly getting possessed and shit like that would be awesome. Yeah, I think for playing a space battle in the warp with a shitty Geller field would be super cool because <laughs> insanity would ensue. Okay, next next game day, like we usually do every other week, we're doing this, and I have a bunch of demons sitting in a back shelf over there. Yeah, yeah, left your basement. <laughs> never left my basement. So <laughs> I'm so in because I'm back from Seattle on Monday. So. Okay, we're going to have a bunch of Zone Mortalis, and I feel like Dark Eldar raiding a ship in the warp. You're going to have fun with all those flamers. What do you want, Iron Warriors or Orcs? So next episode, you might see more Zone Mortalis. I feel like we should do a Zone Mortalis. This is the first time everybody here can play this game and enjoy it. Tom's got stuff. We all got stuff. No, no, no. Actually, the only person here... This is the first time in the last decade... That Wait. everyone here can play 40k and enjoy. Wait, I wanted to say something. Actually, we have one person here that cannot play uh, a game without oh. boring miniatures. Oh, who's that? That would explain why Ward has. Is, a why are you giving me the figure? He's giving me the double bird. 
<laughs> Honestly no, enough, I can't but... promise that mine aren't in like aggressive storage right now. Because mm, I'm I moved and I don't even know where all my 40k is. Just find ten models. You're better off than him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know what you could do to fix this issue? No, nothing. No, no. Actually, you could. You I could give fix up. this. I give no, up. no. Don't give up. You have those uh, Space Marine heads on a stick. <laughs> just attach it to a base. <laughs> just glue the Imperial head directly to the base. Just to the base. Shut yeah, you can no, give us some some to the paper clip. So they're just floating heads. Floating heads, sir. And then you could be the talking head Marines and listen go. to some really uh, shitty music. Uh, Servo skulls actually would be perfect. Just they did forgot to take off their helmets. Yeah, there you go. Or they've okay. got really cool camo clothes. No, seriously, Ward. I think that, one model <laughs> for next week. I think that's the end of third period. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, one model so for next week. One the model only for next event week. that I can really think of of note is if you guys haven't checked it out, um, Out of the Basements event is going to be July 11th and 12th this year, running a bunch of different games, and their website is now live. So I think it's outofthebasementgaming.com or CA. I can never remember which. That's the big one locally, absolutely. Uh, the weekend before is the Wet Coast GT, which I will be taking part in now officially because I bought my ticket. So and I'm maybe now Steve committed now. Maybe I can't make up. Yeah, and when the oh, because you're at a wedding, right? I'm at in town, so I'll be there maybe Sunday. Drinking beer? I'm I can do that. I can't Sunday's my alpha. Oddly enough, I cannot go the Saturday night because there's, there's a wedding dance uh, thing. Uh, okay. So um, and but, when this airs, I'm going to be in Seattle playing War Machine. Yes. Which is in Washington State, so this could be really fun. Yeah. So if you're going to the Wet Coast GT, come by see me. I am going to take my jersey, so I should be relatively easy to spot. If you can see anything below uh, four feet. I am, I, yes, I am short, so that is <laughs> caveat. Well, if I go, you'll be able to see me because I'm pretty tall. Wet Coast GT. Um, out of the basement. Out of the basement. Those are the big ones coming up. Yeah. And lock and load, which is irrelevant because it'll be happening when this airs. It's already over. Or it'll be over depending on when Dan gets it up. <laughs> hey. Hey, I can't give him that out of time because he does it every week, so. Yep. It's... It's not really harassing. <laughs> it's more just amusing. And again, there was honestly one episode he got up late. That's it. It no, was like it was ten a... days late. It was <laughs> late. There's been there's, a couple Monday Tuesdays, episode. and there was the one like colossal one. I don't think there was any many. Maybe a couple Mondays. There's a couple. But that's it. Uh, but again, there's honestly the, the work, one so that was nothing, like nothing wrong here. Whoops. <laughs> it got to the point where it's so late, where it's like, do I just post two episodes on the same day? Because it was like, <laughs> logistically, yes, this is weird true. That's to true. post one this late. Do I just, yeah, it was, it was kind of a disaster. Again, Either way, thank you, Dan. Again, if you have any questions for us, uh, send us an email at hobbynightcanada at gmail.com. Or if you want to congratulate Mike on uh, how awesome he paints and the lack of everybody else painting. Yeah, you also, can you can comment yeah. on our website at hobbynight.ca. We've got the discus on there, so if you want to comment on that site as well without sending us weird emails. Yeah, and if there's ahead. anything you guys want to see for Hobby Day in Canada. Yeah, Hobby Day in Canada, we're still working on the details. So if there's anything you want to see for that, let us know. Other than that, there should be the show notes up for this episode when it airs. <laughs> so, as, Mike, as, as wait always. just a second, you know what? No, 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 no. Mike was trying to slap me, but I think Mike may offer a seminar, so look forward to that coming. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be by your request. If we get at least 50 people requesting any one seminar, we will run it. <laughs> Listen to the last episode if you're looking for a particular seminar that I would love to take as well. Burn in hell. <laughs> okay, but until then, this has been another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom. Mike. I'm Dan. I'm Ward. I'm Steve. And Mike. Okay, enjoy painting your models. Have fun at the events over the summer. Get some sunshine in and get out of the basement, boys. And then get back in the basement paint. Yes! Yes!